bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. This is, today I just got this in my head last night when I was working on something else. And this is what I call a one-joke episode. Because I get a good, strong premise, but it's just one one thing. And so I talk, I tell you about it, and then I run it into the ground for about 10 minutes or so. <laughs> it's probably not that bad, but anyway... I've been thinking about maps again, and all the maps I have, and a nice alternative to those maps, which is no maps. And I'm not talking about theater of the mind, because I do enough of that already. I think my role-playing, my GMing style tends to favor that a bit a little more than I more than I want to admit actually because like I said I like combat and rolling dice and that's what changes the game but at the same time I am an actor so I've got to you know I've got to deal with that confront that and I really sh- I really don't have a problem with that I don't want to be pigeonholed I mean I'm I am a storyteller, but I don't want to be pigeonholed as one, if you know what I mean. I'll get more into that after this. So what I'm talking about is, okay, theater of the mind. I've already, you know, put that put that back on the shelf over there. So I'm talking about mapless combat. And what I'm talking about is gridless combat. Now... Now, our brethren in the wargaming hobby, of which role-playing came out of, they did not have maps like we do. I'm not saying they didn't always, but there were more... If you went to a... Back in the day, before D&D, if you went to somebody who plays war games, he went over to his house, or some other place, like a place, a game center where they do it, you know, whatever, role-playing game club, or not role-playing, a wargaming club, or whatever you want to call it, they would have a sandbox. What they would have is a table with four sides and sand in it. And they would make their terrain out of that. And then they'd have, you know, they put little, like, miniature, they go, I guess they go raid the, raid the model train store, you know, bushes and things like that. And so that was wargaming back in the day. It still is, actually, because I see a lot of it. My local game store doesn't have any sandboxes, but they do have a few tables with built-up sides where they put terrain and stuff in there. I've never seen sand in there, but you you get you get what I mean. I, I go there on Sundays because Gage has a Sunday game. He plays, and I just sit there and watch movies on my DVD player or something, or my laptop, and... He plays. I'm not in the game. I, I'm. It's a 5e game, and it looks kind of wild. And Mike, Mike runs a good game, and he must run a popular game because he loses players, but he gets. He lost like three players, and he gained boom three players like that. So he's always got a full table. Even if I wanted to play, I couldn't play. But he he played on one of those tables yesterday, the other day, rather. So, 
And also, they did not use a grid. They didn't use a grid because they all had their armies and their miniatures there, but they also had, everybody carried a, practically everybody carried a tape measure, you know, like the kind you buy in Home Depot or something, or Lowe's or some hardware store. And they'd have a tape measure, and they would measure in inches. If you notice a grid on a role-playing game map, it's one in squares, because that's how they would measure in inches how far the armies, how far the squads, armies, whatever, would move. So they could have this wonderful terrain and still play out the movement. And my friend Matt, who runs the Thursday game, this is how he runs his. He doesn't do sand, he doesn't do the sandbox thing, but he's big into terrain. Now, some a lot of his terrain, especially the dungeon terrain, the dungeons he does squares. There's one inch squares as I mean, it's beautiful what he does. You look at you look in there, and it, and it's like he's got. They look like gray dungeon tiles, but they're all one inch squares. So you can you don't have to do that. But when you do, we do outdoor stuff. He just has regular terrain he has made that he uses styrofoam. You know, puts them out there, and we use measurements. And I kind of am leaning towards that these days because. I'm thinking about all the maps I have, and I'm thinking about my battle map, and I've been so dissatisfied with battle maps because of the fact that you mark on them, and they're porous, for one. We're talking about the traditional roll-up battle maps, not like the flip maps or stuff. This is why I've got a lot of those, and the Immersive Battle Maps book, the big one. Because you can draw on them with wet or dry erase markers and wipe them off. Now, you can do the same with a rolled-up battle mat, as you know. But after a while, it starts to stain it because it's porous and it sucks up some of that color. I hate that. On the Monday game, we've got one of my... I I donated one of my battle mat old battle maps, battle mats, and it's starting to stain. And I'm more towards the hard plastic, laminated plastic now because of that. And there's other ways you can do it. Like, you know, you, if you have a sheet of plexiglass and you want to put something under the plexiglass, you put a grid on or comes with a grid, you lay it under there. You can do it that way. I'm thinking of going back to the wargaming thing and just take, see, I'm, I'm trying to get a, a roll of butcher paper so I can make custom book covers like, remember how you used to make book covers to your textbooks with with paper bags, brown paper bags, which I've got a few that I've been using as prototypes, you know, trying them out for my game books. And I want to get a white busher paper to use instead of the brown. I found out, like, I don't really want to use the brown ones. So I want to get white busher paper. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, it'd be really cool if we could just roll out some butcher paper, chop it off on one end, and just let me take like Sharpie markers or whatever markers and make a terrain, and we do it that way. And I'll do it the way Matt does it. We don't all have to carry around, we don't have to all carry around tape measures. Matt does this with, he's got like three, two or three, shish kebab sticks you know those little those those kind of things and he took a marker and he took um i don't know 
a mat or something like that or, or just a, a ruler and marked off one inch increments on it. So you can just lay that down in front of your figure. Okay, I go over here, one, two, three, four, 40 feet. You know, say it's 10 foot squares or five foot squares either way. But he does that and lays it down and does that. And it's like, why don't we do that? Why don't we, why don't we go back to that? You know, get back to the roots or something. I don't know. And I thought, you know, that could really make it flexible. I'm not going to say I'm going to give up mats entirely. I may give up my battle mat, but I mean like the flip mats and the book. And I've got some blank flip mats too that I can use that I could lay down. If I want a certain terrain and I happen to have a flip mat or in the immersive battle mats in there, I will use that. It's got a grid, but that's okay. Matt uses a grid when he go, we go in the dungeon. So I think it would be a lot of fun just you know, just to draw it up and then do the do the, the evening's entertainment or whatever that way. And then at the end, just crumple it up and throw it away. Or if you're in the middle of a battle or something, what I would do is I'd still crumple up and throw away, but I'd take a picture of it first just to know where everybody was and what it looked like so I could recreate it next time. Yeah, it's a bit of a wasted paper, but it's better than trying to keep all these pieces of paper around here. I mean, I could roll them up and just store them if it's like one session or something. And what I could do is I could store it for the next session and then make another one for the, wherever else they're going and then throw that away, you know, the, the old one away. And you, you work out your own system. But I'm thinking, really thinking of doing that. If I can get a, whole, a, nice, a nice roll of butcher paper for not too expensive. I've looked on, I looked online and it's like these, some of these are like outrageously expensive. But they're t we're talking about actual butcher paper on the rolls that people use in business and restaurants and things like that. So I can understand it's like 30 bucks and up, you know, so I can understand that, but I don't need, I don't need it for that. I need it for the, the covers and for the other things. So it's, it's really got my mind working. I mean, I've got a brown craft paper here. I can probably use in a pinch, but anyway, gridless combat. I want to try it out. You guys want to try it out? That'd be interesting. Let me know how it goes. So I'm going to go start my day. And so if you want to talk about anything or this or anything else, oldmangrognar@gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can support this program, and I would appreciate it. Thank you again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, and Dan for supporting me and dan's podcast the young y-u-n-g grognard podcast is worth a listen we also have mark seawall rings the yawning owlbear podcast right here on anchor so give that a listen too so until i see you folks next time keep the dice warm and i'll talk to you later Bye bye questions comments send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm -hmm.